0: Um, And so learning that I needed a different solution was astounding to me. And learning that I needed a spiritual solution made sense, but I didn't know what to do with that. I just knew that I had no tools for living. I was not prepared at all to be a grown-up in in the world. And when I looked out there and I compared how I felt to how you looked, I knew that I was going to lose every time. And I knew that somehow you guys, not, not AA, because I didn't know AA yet, but the, everybody in the world seemed to know how to operate. You know, you can navigate life successfully. I'm the only one on the planet that doesn't seem to get this. So I went to AA in, in my treatment center, and I fell in love with you. And I fell in love with the concept of having a solution. And I read the steps, and I went, Okay, got it, next, you know, so that didn't work very well right away, um, but I I was so attracted to the joy and the enthusiasm and the light that I saw in people's eyes, and I was attracted to the laughter, and I was attracted to the, the sort of dark humor that we have in meetings, and. Um, you know, some some of the most funny things I've ever heard in my life, I've heard in meetings. And it's just this sort of deep belly laugh of recognition of, yeah, I get it. You know, some of the tragic, tragic stories that are so funny. And in recovery as well. The, the book says our adventures before and after. You know, there are plenty of those. So, so I started this journey in recovery. And... Um, And I lived in San Diego, I was in the Navy at the time. And um, I I joined the Navy in California to see the world, right? They sent me to San Diego. Um, But I loved San Diego AA, where I got sober. And, um, And people just took me in and they taught me stuff and they talked to me. And the Navy, interestingly enough, trained me to be what they call alcohol treatment specialist. And so I started working in the treatment center at the hospital I worked at, and I got to work sort of both ends to the middle of being in recovery, but also reaching out and and trying to to support and uh, assist other people in finding their own recovery, and that was really quite lovely, and I'm forever grateful to the Navy, and I'm very proud that I got to be part of that process, and... um, and I believe I served my country in a really important way because I, I got to be part of people getting sober. And um, and I got sober, and so that was also really good for the world, by the way. Um, so I always wanted to go back to Alaska. And when I got out of the Navy, um, I, again, I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any real money. And one of my nursing instructors had been a really good friend to me when I was in nursing school, and she had a little farm in Alaska and had her business partner had died, and she got in touch with me and wanted to know if I wanted to move back to Alaska and she would have the business pay for me to move back. So I got to move back to Alaska and work on a farm, and I lived in a little small community called Anchor Point, a couple of hundred miles from Anchorage. and I started going to meetings and um I, I ran a crew and we worked 18 hours a day and it was great work and I had my hands in the soil and I was working with plants and I was, I had a great sponsor in, in, um, in this little tiny town. There was, there was a really strong program in Alaska and I'm so grateful for that because I got there at four, about, not I turned four years sober when I, just after I moved there and um, I still wasn't really good about the tools for living thing. I was a little bit crazy. And the adventures before and after part, in, in this business that we had, we made deliveries from a town called Homer all the way out to the Matsu Valley. And that's about a 250-mile range. And we would drive back and forth once a week to deliver. We, um, we had house plants and bedding plants. And in the summer, we had radishes and stuff. I don't even remember now. Um, so we would drive once a week up and down and deliver all these things to the supermarkets along the way. and um, one day we were making deliveries, and uh, I was coming across uh, coming up to a place that was a way station on the highway, and I, our delivery vehicle was a Volkswagen van, and um, not a hippie one though, I promise it was it was a very professional one and um, and a semi pulled out of the way station in front of me and and there was almost a collision. And um, I got scared and then I got angry. And um, I decided that this driver needed to know that he was a bad driver. So in my Volkswagen, I put my foot all the way to the floor and I leaned on the horn and I started chasing a semi down the highway. And gesticulating with you know my version of American Sign Language, which only involved one finger, and um, and I'm trying to tell him to pull over. And I know he saw me because his eyes met mine in his side view mirror, and you know, and he just was like, "I'm so not stopping for you." <laughs> and. Uh, and he had a little more power than I did, and he got away from me eventually. But I got the name and number of the company that he was driving for, and by God, I was going to tell them what kind of a terrible driver he was. And you know, and no cell phones in those days, which we should all be grateful for at that point. And um, so I got out to the valley, and I had to make my deliveries, and I got to a payphone, and I called up the company, and I gave her, the, the dispatcher, I gave this earful of bad driver, truck number so-and-so, terrible, death, awful, bad. And I took a breath and she said, so you're the crazy lady in the Volkswagen? (laughs) (laughs) So a moment of humility. But you know, it was so good for me because the thing is, I could have used the, the recovery. I mean, at four years sober, I was still learning. But I could have used my program. I could have used the steps. I could have immediately noticed that we didn't have an accident and I wasn't dead and done step one. Powerless over the guy, we're cool, it's unmanageable, just let it go. I could have just done that. I didn't. But I could have noticed a little later that I was being a little crazy, right? Sanity, step two, could have been restored to sanity if I could have just shut up and gotten out of the way and practiced a little step three, let my higher power be in charge. Clearly, everything's okay, we're fine. Didn't do that, could have moved on along even later to you know, essentially step 10 to um, did I have a part in this? Now, here's the deal, the Eagle River Way Station, you can see from a really long way I could have noticed that this man was trying to pull out into into traffic. And there were two lanes on the highway. I could have moved over, I could have slowed down or sped up depending on, you know, but apparently I wasn't really paying attention. So what I learned from that experience though was that I can use my steps, It says, practice the principles in all our affairs, right? I could have actually just used my steps, saved myself a couple of hours of being indignant, although self-righteous indignation is my favorite character defect. And um, I use it, even still, occasionally. Um, So, I, I love that I had that experience because it really taught me something. It taught me that I can do that whole pause when agitated thing. I remember the page 90 in the 12 and 12 that says every time we are disturbed, no matter what the cause, there's something wrong with us. I could have noticed there was something very wrong with me at that moment. And um, I, I love that I have those moments in my recovery, that I can I'm teachable today. When, when you give me directions or guidance of some kind or even a book or, or a meme on Facebook, it doesn't matter. I mean, there are things that actually I can learn from today. And I was not teachable when I got here. Well, I had to be a little bit or I wouldn't have stayed. But I, I, I spent most of my life not being teachable, saying, no, I know better. No, I'm going to do it my way. No, and, and we know, most of us, what happens when we do it our way. Here I am. That's that's how I got here. You know, um, so I I love that. I have those moments in life that that give me the heads up, that give me the hello, are you paying attention, and that give me the opportunity to use the tools that I've been given. Um, lots and lots of things along the way have given me that, and I'll probably share a few more in a little bit. So. I I worked on the farm for a couple of years, and then I moved to Anchorage because there were a lot more opportunities in Anchorage. And um, I went back to school. I got a degree. I got a couple of them. Um, I got some really good jobs working with some great people, and I got to work in the field of treatment. And I I was at one treatment center for 22 years. And um, I, I am just so grateful for the opportunities I've had to work With people, and you know, initially the tradition um, issue came up about, you know, we're not paid for being in recovery and we're not paid for being of service. And so I I tried to balance, you know, I didn't come into the field as you're going to pay me for being in recovery. I came into the field to use the education I was given, and I shared my recovery because it was appropriate. And... um, and, and I really like that I got to work in a facility where a lot of the other counselors were also in recovery, and it really was helpful to the to the clients that we had there. Not all of the counselors were, and sometimes that was an issue. So I, uh, I'm really grateful that I got to do that. I... Um, I started going to other 12-step programs at about eight or nine years because I realized that I had some other issues. And I have to share such gratitude with Al-Anon for saving my life in so many ways as well. I was in a relationship with someone who was not using but was not actually in recovery. And our relationship got more and more toxic, and I was given the tools of courage to be able to leave that relationship because of of working the steps in, in the area of relationships. And my AA tools saved my life because when I left that relationship finally with the courage to leave, that person committed suicide. And of all of the things in my life that I have ever experienced, I don't think I'd ever had that kind of pain or, or real, re- really shock, um, because I just, you know, I just didn't get why, you know, how, why would you do that? But it was somebody who'd been depressed and suicidal even before we'd ever met, you know, for years, and so it just took me a short time to, to realize that it wasn't my fault, that, you know, I had indeed actually made a really healthy decision But what I did, because I was in so much pain, is I went to more meetings, and I called people. I have learned to ask for help, and I've learned to ask for support, and I've learned to take care of myself as a result of being in 12-step recovery. And I had a friend come and stay with me. She stayed with me, I think, for three months. And it was weird, because I'd go to the store to go shopping, and I was in in shock that the whole world didn't just stop because this thing had happened. You know, it was so shocking to me. And so I really needed help and I'm so grateful because I learned how to ask for help in these rooms. I learned how to do what was gonna be good for me and going to more meetings and reading more and praying more and practicing the principles more, more intentionally and and I got through it and I had some really great experiences as a result of that. Shortly after that occurred, I was diagnosed with hepatitis C, and I imagine most of you know what that is or have heard of it. Um, It was fairly new at the time. This was in 90, I think it was 93, and um, I didn't know what it was. So I got online and I did a lot of research and I realized that, you know, at, at the time I think I was like 16 years sober or something like that, and I was so grateful that I hadn't been drinking for such a long time because my liver probably would have killed me before that. You know, I don't know if I would have lived long enough to even get the diagnosis. But it was also very clear that all of the stuff that I did when I was out in the streets running around doing all that kind of stuff, there was still a price to pay for, for the previous, my, my previous life, so to say. Um, but the cool thing was, because I have these tools, I, I cooperated with the doctors. I had liver biopsies. They said, "Well, we have this one, this one thing that we use. It's a, it's a rejected chemotherapy that didn't work very well for the cancer patients, but it's kind of the only thing we have. So we're going to give it to you only if your liver gets worse, because it's also been also been known to cause suicidal depression, and thyroid." explosion and your hair will fall out and, you know, all kinds of stuff. But, um, you know, if your liver gets worse, that's all we got. And uh, and we don't want you to live alone or, you know, be alone while you're on it or anything like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, really, I want to sign me up. Um, a couple years later, they did another liver biopsy and I had progressed into early cirrhosis. And they said, really, If you don't want to get liver cancer, this is the only thing we know that's going to prevent that to to some degree. And so I consented to take the interferon treatment. And again, AA saved my life. I went to extra meetings. The the treatment was really brutal. Um, I had to give myself an injection three times a week. And what's really cool about that is I didn't want to. (laughs) That was really... (laughs) Yay! Um, And... um, and I woke up each morning after that, I would wake up feeling like I'd been hit by a train, my hair hurt, my bones hurt, everything. It was just it, and I had no energy, and there were days when taking a shower was the only activity I could do, and that was it for the day. I was I was done. And um, the place I worked allowed me to stay on five hours a week with benefits. Is that amazing? They were so good to me. and um, and so I had enough energy to go to work five hours a week, take a shower every once in a while, you know. Um, and, and, and I'm also a musician, by the way, and I was in a band and I, I was able to, to play on the weekends and, and somehow that gave me just enough enthusiasm and sense of participation in life and joy that it just sort of kept me going. But I did this every, I did this for 14 months. At 12 months, I told my doctor I was done. I said, I I just can't live like this anymore. My brain, I I think I lost an IQ point every day. I didn't read for a year and a half. And I'm a voracious reader. I love to read. I couldn't read. And and he said, well, you can't stop abruptly. You have to taper down. So 14 months instead of, he wanted me on for 18 months. But the thing is I went to a lot of meetings. I had time to go to a lot of meetings because I didn't have the energy to go to work and so I didn't go to work and so I went to a lot of meetings. And you guys lifted me up and you carried me and you offered me support and enthusiasm and cheerleading and you know, what a family we have. My, my mom would have loved to do it for me but she would have done it sort of over in excess and she would have... Um, like I said, she needed Alenon, so I was really glad I lived 3,000 miles from her. And um, again, though, the people in this program were there for me, and I did not get um, this did not get suicidally depressed. My hair didn't fall out, my thyroid didn't explode, and the unfortunate part was I didn't lose the weight they said I would lose. So you know, it's like the one side effect I really wanted I didn't get to have. But uh, that's okay. And, and so, you know, the thing in recovery is they didn't promise me that my life was going to get better. What they promised was I would learn to live life on life's terms. And what I learned is I got better. And I get more every day, even now, I get better at handling what shows up for me. And I get better at trusting. You know, our Al-Anon speaker earlier today was talking about, you know, it always turns out okay. And it does, and there's a saying, it turns out okay at the end. They forget to tell us the rest of it, which is if it's not okay, it's just not the end. When, when there's resolution, no matter what it is, I'm usually able to go, oh, okay, I guess that's what's happening next, you know. And I've learned that here, and um, I just, I've learned to be enthusiastic. I didn't have joy of living when I got here. I didn't have joy of living most of my life. And I've learned that here. I've learned about enthusiasm, which one of the things I love about that word, it's the root, the Greek root of that word is two, two words. En means in, infused with, and theos means God. And so enthusiasm for me is I'm filled with God. And I've gotten that here. I wasn't enthusiastic about anything when I got here. I was, I was determined about a lot of stuff, but I wasn't enthused, and I wasn't, I, I would wake up in the morning being just, like, disappointed. I woke up. And now what am I going to do? I have to do the day. And in my recovery, I wake up, and I'm kind of excited, and I, I've made a habit of saying thank you when I wake up because, wow, what did I get to do today? And everything I have in my life that's worth having, and which is pretty much my whole life now, is from here, from you. I met a guy that... It took me seven years to meet him. I had a friend who told me for seven years I needed to meet this guy. I'm like, <laughs> I'm busy that day, right? I finally met him, set of circumstances, and he was a pretty nice guy. Probably if I'd met him 20 years earlier, he would have bored me to tears. And, um, but I figured at the time I met him, I, I, he was kind of nice, and we started hanging out. And he said one night, he said, I think we're falling in love, which scared me to death. And I, but I thought about it, and I thought, well, maybe I don't know. I don't have any idea what that is or how that feels. Maybe he's right. And um, a year and a half later, we got married, and we're still married. We've been married almost 18 years now. I know. Who knew? We still like each other. I know. So that's because of you guys. I figured I have enough tools for living. Maybe I can be trusted to have a relationship. And he's a normie. He, um, I know I have to stop in just a minute, but I got to tell you, he drinks a half a beer. He pours it out of the bottle, which is already weird because it's already in its own container. Why are you, you know, it's. A, and he sips it. And then when he's done, he's done, and he doesn't drink the rest. And I asked him, I said, "Why? What's with, the, what's with all this stuff? And he goes, well, after about half a beer, the alcohol numbs my taste buds. I can't taste it anymore. What's the point? <laughs> what? You know, so I'm sure that I, I met him at a time when I could appreciate who he is because I would never have gotten that before. I have to tell one more quick story because I know I have to stop. Adventures before and after, enthusiasm, participation, joy. A number of years ago, I decided to do the polar bear jump. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's January in Anchorage, or in actually in Seward, Alaska, and they do it in other parts of the country. You go jump in the water in the middle of winter. And so I signed up to do this on a team, and we're all, yay, it's wonderful. And I was wearing, we had a costume, we were the Looney Tunes, I wore Taz, fitting. And um, so I jump in the water, and I'd been watching all these people jump in the water and swim and get back up and all victorious, and so this is going to be great. And I jump in the water, and I sink like a stone. They had paramedics in the water, by the way, it's very good. And so I finally come up to the surface, and I'm, the breath is knocked out of me, and I'm dog paddling, and they escort me to the dock, and... You know, I'm kind of like, oh, well, that was weird. So I get out, and a couple days later, I'm watching the YouTube video, and I'm watching all this activity, and I'm watching me, and I'm going, how come I didn't just pop up, and yay, and swim, and get that? And I realized I forgot I can't swim. (laughs) And I thought, you know, how alcoholic is that? I sign up to do this amazing thing without really thinking or thinking it through. You know, I mean, it's like, I can stay afloat, no big deal. But you know, I love that I've become that person today in my recovery, that I can just sort of show up and do stuff and participate at a really high level. And and when it doesn't go well, I kind of get amused by it. And I am so grateful to you guys for giving me that appreciation and joy of living. Thank you so much.